chapter 9, verse, verses 6 to 15. Remember this saying, a few... <laughs> That's okay. Remember this, a few seeds make a small harvest, but a lot of seeds make a big harvest. Each of you must make up your own mind about how much to give. But don't feel sorry that you must give and don't feel that you are forced to give. God loves people who love to give. God can bless you with everything you need and you'll always have more than enough to do all kinds of good things for others. The scriptures say God freely gives his gifts to the poor and always does right. God gives seeds to farmers and provides everyone with food. He will increase what you have so that you can give even more to those in need. You'll be blessed in every way and you will be able to keep on being generous. And many people will thank God when we deliver your gift. What you are doing is much more than a service that supplies God's people with what they need. It is something that you will make many others thank God. The way in which you have provided yourselves by the, ser- by the service will bring honour and praise to the God. You believed this message about Christ and you obeyed it by sharing generosity with God's people and with everyone else. Now they are praying for you and want, want to see you because God used you to bless them so very much joining us for the first time this morning or you've been away for a little while it's great to have you with us our theme for this year 2019 is fixed on Jesus we're taking an entire year to concentrate on the person of Jesus and we'll be looking at a different aspect of his life and ministry each term Uh, the last two Sundays however we've taken a little bit of a break last Sunday we had the Houstons visiting from Global Interaction Mozambique and it was great to spend some time with them and today obviously we're focusing on the um, justice aspect of our vision and particularly the Baptist World Aid celebration of 60 years and the 6040 app so we'll be coming back to our this term we're looking at the miracles of Jesus looking forward to diving back into another miracle next Sunday but today yes we're focusing on Baptist World Aid Australia be love and poverty and as, as we've spoken about so far in this service at the end of the day the practical thing that we would love for each of us to do um, some of us might be inspired or encouraged to join the team which would be great but is to download the end poverty app And to really see it as a discipleship tool, this is the heart of it, a discipleship tool designed to incline our hearts to God's heart for justice by bringing practical and meaningful support to some of the world's poorest people. Now this app um, that if you have on your phone, it is over the course of the next 40 days, which... um, I don't think it's unintentional that it coincides with the season of Lent. It's not something that um, evangelicals necessarily practice, but the idea of Lent is to spend time thinking about what we can give up to prepare ourselves for the time of Easter. And so we, as, as, wanting, as being encouraged to be generous people, may need to think about some things that we could give up, in a sense, to bless others. But the app will invite us to reflect. There'll be reflections, there'll be prayers, um, there'll be fundraising opportunities and advocacy that we can use, particularly on a social media platform. This, for us, is an opportunity And that's how I'd like for us to think and consider this app uh, and these next 40 days. It's an opportunity to be generous, first and foremost. And that's what we're going to speak about this morning as we take a look at a passage of Scripture from 2 Corinthians. But it's also an opportunity to develop some new habits. The idea behind the app, from what I gather and understand, and the challenge starts tomorrow. 
So the first kind of little notification will come in tomorrow. But the idea is that it's going to enable us to develop some habits to become more generous, to become more like the people God has intended us to be. It's an opportunity to serve and bless the world's poor. It's an opportunity for us to put God's love into action And it's also an opportunity to join with fellow believers right across the nation of Australia and partner together to see Baptist World Aid achieve this target of raising $400,000 to make a significant difference towards ending global poverty. And so this morning we're talking about generosity and care for the poor, which is a biblical value. And we see... um, Right at the very beginning of the Bible, when God is giving the law to his people through Moses, we see in Leviticus the concern for the poor and the care that God's people are to exercise for those who are worse off than themselves. Have a look look at this. If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, you help them as you would a foreigner and stranger so they can continue to live among you do not take interest or any profit from them but fear your god so that they may continue to live among you you must must not let the money at interest or sell them food at a profit i am the lord your god who brought you out of egypt to give you the land of canaan and to be your god What's interesting here is we see that, yes, there ought to be a care and a concern for the, those, the poorer Israelites. So in a sense, we could interpret that we should look after other poor Christians who are poor. But you see here there's mention of the foreigner and the stranger. So it's actually meant to be a concern not only for God's people, but for people in the community who also are going without and who are in a difficult situation. And where does this generosity, where does this care find its motivation from? It's from the God who brought you out of Egypt. And so for us as God's people, the motivation, the the heart motive behind being generous towards others is always going to be rooted in God's generosity and goodness toward us. It is a biblical principle that is repeated time and time again. We see it in the Proverbs. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. This reminds me of the passage in Matthew 25 where Jesus is talking about the sheep and the goats. And at the end of the day, Jesus says to those Um, truly I tell you, for, for those who are welcomed into his family as the righteous ones, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And people say, Lord, when did we do this to you? And he said, whenever you did it for one of the least of these, whenever you fed the poor, whenever you clothed, whenever you visited in prison, whenever you gave even a cup of water, And this for us is such an important perspective because, you know, it would be so easy for us here on the central coast. Um, We live in such a comfortable, beautiful part of the world and our lives at large are, are very comfortable, particularly when we compare them to those who live in third world countries and suffer extreme poverty. Now, for many of us, it's hard to get our head around what 
life like that looks like. And it is hard for us to find the motivation at times to care for these people who, frankly, we will never see and we will never experience what their reality is like. It's easier for us to turn a blind eye and be more concerned about ourselves. It would be far easier for us not to have a catalyst team continually bringing these needs before us. But we as a church have said, no, we will, because this is the heart of God. And God has a very special interest, particularly in the poor and in the vulnerable. And so as a church, it's important that we reflect God's heart. Um, But I was thinking one of the things that might be helpful for us as we enter into this challenge is rather than necessarily thinking about the faceless, nameless people who are indeed suffering and who Baptist World Aid will help, who we will never meet, let us simply think about how we can love Jesus. Because anything we do for the least of these is done for Jesus. So here is a discipleship tool, a growth opportunity for us to express our love to and for Jesus in some very practical ways. I know many of us are practical people. And here is an opportunity for us to practically express our love for Jesus through this simple tool. We see that 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 theme of caring for and of giving to the least of these follows right through to the New Testament. The words of Paul, in everything I did, writing to the Ephesian elders, everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. This is an opportunity for us to learn to give, to be generous. And that's what this beautiful passage in 2 Corinthians 9 is all about. This is obviously written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth on Paul's third missionary journey. And in fact, chapter 8 and chapter 9 combined are all essentially about an offering that that Paul is going to receive from the Corinthian church, who is made up of primarily Gentiles, that is going to be taken to the, the poor of the Jewish church in Judea. And they didn't have electronic funds transfer in those days. And so Paul is going to send Titus to to receive the offering. And he's wanting to sort of pre-warn them that Titus will be coming, or Timothy, sorry, will be coming to receive that offering. And uh, what he does is, is, is amazing. He paints some incredible pictures uh, in, not in, in both chapter 8 and chapter 9, broad stroke, Paul creates a vision of what it means to be God's people. And, and really what we see Paul saying here is that to be God's people, generosity is not something we do. Generosity is who we are. God has been incredibly generous to us. And therefore, our response to such a loving and generous God is to live lives of generosity. So this app, which is just, as I mentioned earlier, the idea is that it actually forms within us ongoing habits. For the believer, generosity is to be a way of life. It's a little bit like the family values. Every family has certain values. And those values start to become um, just the way that a family goes about living out its life. And in a sense, as a church family, as God's family, generosity is part of the DNA of what it means to be part of his family. So Paul paints a beautiful vision 
in these chapters of what it means to be God's people. He gives great encouragement to the Corinthian believers and obviously to those who continue to read God's word just like you and I today to be generous and to give trusting that God is our provider and that he will meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory. It is a, These couple of chapters invite us to ask that stewardship question that we spoke of late last year. What are God's purposes for all that I have? So often when it comes to being generous, we think of our, our financial resources, we think of our time, we think of all the different resources we have in our lives as ours. And, and we are kind of in charge and we get to decide how we will spend and distribute all of these different resources. Whereas the question that we need to ask is, what is or what are God's purposes for all that he has given me and for all that I have? And finally, what Paul is doing in this passage of Scripture is inviting a change of perspective because a change of perspective can lead to a change in behaviour. Paul doesn't place guilt upon the church that he's writing to. Rather, he motivates them by inviting them to consider a different way of looking at things. I love this quote by Richard Raw. We don't think ourselves into a new way of living. We live ourselves into a new way of thinking. And so we change our habits, and over time, those habits actually start to inform the way we think rather than the other way around. So I'm not going to take a huge amount of time this morning, but let's just walk through this beautiful passage of Scripture that invites us to be generous and to have a real concern for those who are poor. Now, there's a, a clear link here um, with the Baptist World Aid encouragement because the, Paul is writing to Christians of means and inviting them to care for and to consider others of less means. So that's the context we find ourselves in. Remember this, Paul writes, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And in an agricultural society, this makes a great deal of sense. It, if you're an investor, um, you will understand what this means. The more you sow, the more you reap. The less you sow, the less you reap. It's a fairly simple principle that makes sense. What Paul here is talking about is the outlay and the return. And I think too often we think primarily about the outlay. I don't want to outlay X, Y, and Z. It's going to cost me too much. Whereas Paul actually invites us to think about the return. Don't think so much about the outlay. Think about the return on your investment in God's kingdom. I love this picture of sowing seed. It says so much to me about what it is to be generous. To be generous and to invest and to sow is to be open-handed. <laughs> it's not this action of a closed fist. It's an openness. And I believe that's, that's the image that I would love for us to capture this morning of, of the heart of what we're talking about today is to actually have an openness. For some of you, you will have this approach to even downloading the app. Oh, I'm not going to bother with that. And, and that's okay, I understand. This may be the first time you've heard about downloading an app. Downloading an app is only the first step. That's easy. 
actually engaging with the apps is the next thing. So for 40 days, you're going to get notifications that come through. And you can either have this approach, I'm going to ignore that, or you can have this approach. I'm just going to look at that and see what it says. And maybe over 40 days, it will just be a gradual movement. This is what it is. An open hand to be generous with what I've got. I mean, the fact that we even have mobile phones means that we are amongst the wealthiest people that live in the world. So it's just an opportunity for us to be generous. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, there is often a tension between when it comes to particularly, and I'm referring, like Paul is referring to money here, let's be frank. He is referring to an offering that is going to be received. And part of this, a big part of this um, campaign is fundraising. And Ross highlighted that's not what we as a church are emphasizing. We are more concerned with people growing in their um, discipleship of being a follower of Jesus in regards to having a heart for the oppressed. But if you are a person of means and you actually have that um, heart for justice for the poor and the oppressed, then one of the most practical ways that you can assist is by being part of giving towards that work uh, and encouraging others to join you in doing the same. But from a head perspective, it may not make sense to give money to the poor. (laughs) It doesn't make sense to a lot of Australians. It's not something that we do. But Paul actually says, no, you make a decision from your heart. And that's what God is interested in here. What is in your heart? And the motive is that we're to give from a a cheerful heart. We're not to give begrudgingly. You know, God didn't send his son into this world begrudgingly. Jesus didn't go to the cross begrudgingly. Paul didn't go on all of his different ministries missionary journeys, sharing the gospel and planting churches and suffering incredible persecution and hardship begrudgingly. He went with a joyful heart because he had the opportunity to share the gospel. And so not only is it that we give, but the spirit in which we give is so important. Better for you to give a small amount with a cheerful and joyful heart than for you to give a large amount begrudgingly. Just start small and see how God works and develops that cheerful spirit within you. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This is an amazing passage of Scripture we're looking at today, isn't it? Um, What a What an amazing promise. You know, when it comes to being generous and being giving, one of the things I think that holds us back is fear. Fear of not having enough and fear of missing out. If I extend myself, I might miss out or I might not have enough to do what I would like to do. But what we see here, what we see Paul saying here is that God is so much bigger and greater than any of your concerns, any of your fears, And God can more than adequately provide for all of your needs. God is greater than all our needs and our fears. In a sense, take your eyes off what you see as potential lack and put your eyes on God. 
Keep your eyes on him and his glory and his abundance and allow that to spur you and motivate you on. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Paul is quoting from Psalm 112 verse 9 there. And because in verse 8, um, Paul is speaking about God, about God's quality. And then in verse 10, he again, now he, that's being God, is speaking about God. We probably need to interpret verse 9 as this is God. It is God who scattered gifts to the poor. It is God's righteousness that endures forever. And so again, Paul, as he does in verse 8, sorry, in chapter 8, he points us to the person of Christ and all that he gave up, again, as motive for us. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Christ left the glory of heaven and came to earth so that we might receive his grace. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. There is a secular um, effect. The more generous we are, the more God empowers and enables us to become generous. That's why I mentioned earlier, it's just as we start to open our hand, our hand will become more and more open. And we will become more and more Christ-like. We will be formed more and more into the people that God invites us to be. These verses invite us to have trust and faith in this God who provides so generously for our needs. I love this image, this word, the harvest of righteousness. What does righteousness mean? Well, righteousness means right relationships between God and people. Right relationships with one another. Uh, the promotion of health and well-being within a community. It means justice. It means helping the poor, and it means walking in the will and the way of God. Imagine if your life, imagine if your actions contribute significantly to the promotion of these things, that your life would indeed grow a harvest of righteousness. It's such a beautiful image that Paul puts there for us. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I have the image or the picture of a car being filled up with fuel. You will be enriched so that you can be generous. The more we surrender ourselves to God and be the generous people that he invites us to be, the more he will fuel us to keep doing that for the glory and praise of his name. Paul really presents two um, motivating reasons to the Corinthian church why they would give is that God will supply all of your needs. You will not lack, and it will result in thanksgiving to God. No particular individual is going to be highlighted or praised. And that's the wonderful thing about what Baptist World Aid are doing. Churches just like Erin are on the Central Coast, right around Australia. If every believer takes hold of this and takes part of this, 
and a significant amount is raised that can really make a difference for the world's poorest people. The glory will not go to any one individual. The glory will not go to Baptist World Aid. The glory goes to God. And that's exactly what Paul is saying to the Corinthians, that the glory is not going to go to any one person. The glory will go to God because people will see the generosity of his people. You can see that Paul is so excited in these verses. It's hard not to just sense the enthusiasm coming through. And he's excited that generous giving builds unity. You know, it's going to build unity between the Jewish church and the Gentile church. It's going to build unity between Christians who are well off and Christians who are not so well off. And ultimately, the result of all of this is it's going to continue to bring glory and thanksgiving to God. It's a wonderful cycle. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given to you. And for this surpassing grace, Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This beautiful cycle of grace-giving, we slowly open our hands and give to God. And God's grace increasingly abounds to us. And as a result, we continue to give more to God and His work. And God blesses us even more. And as that cycle continues, people's needs are met. God is praised and glorified, and the giver is appreciated and prayed for. Men and women of God, can I invite you to consider taking part in this 60-40 challenge. And may God grow our hearts to become more generous towards those poor people and vulnerable people in our world. Here's a practical tool for us to be a part of that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this challenge to us this morning, as Ross so correctly put it, it is a challenge and it does take us outside of our comfort zone to think of the needs of others, particularly the needs of others who we don't know, we can't see and there is no so-called tangible benefit to us from a worldly sense. But Lord, what we've read this morning in your word in Second Corinthians chapter 9, invites us to reimagine a completely alternate way of looking at things, to see, God, that we already have so much to be thankful for and the generosity of you giving your Son, that, Lord, it is in fact who we are as your people, to be generous. And so, Father, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you might help us to become open-handed people, that we would sow generously and reap generously for your kingdom so that your name would be glorified and the needs of all people, particularly people who find themselves in living amongst the world's poorest, living in poverty, those needs could be practically met through your people for the glory of your name. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.